0: What's up, k Yeah. James Four, that's me. Let me talk to him. I'm simply ball drop, simply ball drop. Dropping up these topics, man. I'm simply ball dropping. Driving coach, to coach making moves ain't stopping. Driving coach, to coach making moves ain't stopping. Hey, let me put you on game. These other podcasts out here talking yeah. this, sh- but ain't repping the same. Nah. My broke sap. Shopping up topics for your options. From politics topics. Tune in, you gotta watch this exclusive material for your radio your pumpkin eye definition. Stop what you doing and listen. We smashing our competition. You better jump on this rain. Somebody pass me a mic. Man, I got something to say. And now, your host of the Simply Ball dropping Podcast. The man behind the mic. KSAP. to another episode of Simply Ball Dropping. I'm your host and the man behind the mic, K. Sapp. Well, well, well. Saturday night's rematch for the heavyweight championship, it didn't go down the way everybody expected it to go down. It went down the way the Gypsy King wanted it to go down. A TKO of heavyweight champion Deontay, the bronze bomber, Wilder in the seventh round who would have thunk it leading into the fight I'm gonna go on record leading into the fight everybody heard I said I picked Deontay Wilder to win this fight and I predicted him to knock out Tyson Fury also I said if he don't get Tyson Fury out of there within six rounds he's in trouble I also said I wouldn't mind seeing Deontay Wilder get knocked out. Unfortunately, he got stopped. The corner threw in the towel. And it's a lot of speculations on Mark Breland throwing in that towel. If you notice after the fight, Deontay Wilder stepped to Mark Breland and asked why he stopped the fight. You could see Mark Breland was pointing to his ear. Like, you got significant damage in that ear. And as people know, you get hit in the ear and you're bleeding within and that blood starts leaking on the inside. That'll throw your equilibrium off. And that showed when Deontay Wilder got knocked down in the second round. From then on, you know, his legs was not underneath of him. He was off balance all night. And I just thought if you go back and look at the first fight they had, after Deontay Wilder knocked Tyson Fury down in the 11th round, which he thought he knocked him out. But we all saw that the Gypsy King rose from the grave like the Undertaker. He got up, but when he got up, he went right back after Deontay Wilder. So I think he took a page out of that from the last fight and said, hey, I got to start out fast. I got to bring the fight to him. I got to attack. And from round one, when Fury came out, he attacked Deontay Wilder. He had Deontay Wilder on his bicycle backing up the whole fight. And, you know, it's the thing about Deontay Wilder. He's so patient. He's so methodical. He knows he got that one right hand to land that shot. Because if you notice over his career, Deontay Wilder, he's not a boxer. He's a brawler. He got the one hitter quitter. And he relies on that. If You go back to his last fight against Luis Ortiz. Lewis Ortiz was boxing him gracefully. Wilder didn't land a shot that was significant until he knocked him out in the seventh round with the right hand. But when you got somebody like a Tyson Fury, 7'6", 273 pounds, bearing down on you, and it's not like his punches are overpowering, overwhelming. He just throws a lot of punches and he puts his combinations together. Deontay Wilder does not do that. And everybody makes reference to, well, Mark Breland didn't do a great job in his corner, giving him the instructions when he came back to the corner. But when you're never in that situation and you only have one plan and you have plan A and you don't have a plan B, there's nothing else you can tell your man. I mean, so they was quiet in the corner. They didn't know what to tell him. So Deontay Wilder put himself in a situation where he did a lot of talking leading up to the fight saying that you know he was going to knock him out in great fashion but that never that never transpired and from round 1 like i said he was on his bicycle from round 1 all the way into the fight ended and once that blood started dripping in that ear his equilibrium was off he was on unstable legs the whole fight and what i'm real concerned about is Coming into the fight, Deontay Wilder has never weighed over 220 pounds in his professional career going into a heavyweight fight. He weighed in at 231. Last fight, he was 212. He's 19 pounds heavier. So I don't know in his training camp, I don't know what kind of training he did. I don't know if he said he didn't have to train for this fight. He was just going to rely on the right hand. But something went wrong, and he made a test to it after the fight which I didn't agree with him. First thing he said, he had a lot of things going on leading up to the fight. We don't want the excuses now. You had to man up. You had to get in there with all the stuff that you was talking. You were supposed to go in there and take care of Tyson Fury, but that didn't happen. Tyson Fury, you know, he said a lot of things, but he backed it up. He said he was going to stop him. And then, you know, a lot of people in Deontay Wilder's corner, even the coach the coach kind of throwing Mark Breland under the bus, man. Wilder's coach, J.D.'s, you know, he said that he should have never threw the towel in. But you got to understand something. When your fighter is out there taking a pound in the way he was taking a pound in on unstable legs, and the fact that in the fifth round he gets knocked knocked down by a body shot, that goes to conditioning and training because the body shot was really nothing significant Wilder just was on unstable legs, and every time he was getting hit, he was just fumbling all over the place. It was a couple times that Wilder fell down without being touched because his balance was off the whole fight. And the body shot that knocked him down, I'm like, man, he got knocked down by a body shot, which Tyson Fury don't knock nobody down with no body shots. He really don't have the power. It's got to be accumulation of punches for Tyson Fury to stop you And I've watched Deontay Wilder throughout his career. Um, He fought Arthur Splinka. And Arthur Splinka was beating him the whole fight until they got into the 11th round. And Deontay Wilder found that right hand, hit him and knocked him out. And that was the fight. But in this fight, if you look at the right hands that Deontay Wilder was throwing because his legs was unstable, it wasn't no power behind them punches. I mean, he hit... He hit Tyson Fury with a good right hand in the third round, which Tyson Fury took it well. But his legs was unstable. He didn't have the power last night that he had in his previous fights, and that showed. But for, you know, Jay Diaz to throw um, Mark Breeland under the bus the way he did, talking about he shouldn't have threw the towel in, but you got to understand something. And this brutal sport, and Deontay Wilder can attest to this, you know, they put their lives on the line every time they go out there. And Deontay Water talked about he would rather go out on his shield because he's a warrior. But Mark Breland might have saved your career. I mean, this can do one or two things for you. This can set you back or this can humble you to get in that gym to work and start boxing and putting your skills together. Because you making claims that, you know, you would knock Mike Tyson out in his prime. But I'm here to tell you, Deontay Wilder, with the heavyweights that we had back in the days that was able to put accumulation of punches together and put combinations together, you can't put your combinations together like that. You got a right hand, you don't throw the left hook, and these guys back in in that era, the likes of Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis, them guys would get you out of there. You know, you had these cruiserweights that was coming up, the likes of Burt Coopers, but them cats would let their hands go. Deontay Wilder does not let his hands go because he's so dependent on that one right hand that he can get anybody out of there when he wants. But Tyson Fury had a plan. Tyson Fury stayed on him from round one all the way until the fight was over. Which, you know, you're looking at the stoppage. A a premature stoppage, but rightfully so because the damage that Deontay Wilder was taking and Mark Breland saw that. So you got to commend your hat to uh, Mark Breland for stopping that fight. Everybody is, you know, saying that he should have never stopped it, but you got to look at it, man. He was he was stumbling around the ring, you know, for the whole fight, for the last six rounds after Tyson Fury knocked him down. He was stumbling all over the place. And, you know, the thing about it is, you know, everybody got to take their hat off to Mark Breland for saving his fighter because this is a brutal sport. We saw in the past that guys wanted to go out on their shield. They wanted to go out because they're warriors, but the effects of them punches don't show until after the fight is over. And then you got reports that we got we had to take this guy to the hospital to get him checked out, and there's significant brain damage when these guys get hit, and it takes its effect after the fight is over. So I commend Mark Greenland for stopping this fight, giving his fighter another opportunity to come back even better, even to go home to his wife and kids. I mean, that's the thing that people got to look at. But you can't jump on Mark Breland for stopping this fight. He know what his fighter is capable of doing. But when you're in a situation and you can't give no instructions to go out there and say, hey, you got to stay behind the jab, you got to put the combinations together, and you got to fight this guy. If y'all notice, Deontay Wilder was on his bicycle the whole fight like Deontay Wilder out of all the punches he threw he threw 55 punches but the thing about it is he only landed like 28% of them punches and Tyson Fury I mean he was putting his combinations together I mean it wasn't big brutal haymakers he was just getting in there throwing a jab throwing combinations and getting out and 273 pounds like Lennox Lewis said last night he was getting in, he was smothering his own punches, but he was laying on Deontay Wilder, and that's effective. When you got a big man laying on the back of you, pushing you down, that takes his toll t- Toll on you. Plus, Deontay Wilder's conditioning, we don't know about his conditioning. So, I'm just, I'm kind of, you know, skeptical of what kind of training he did. Did he overlook this fight, think that he was going to knock him out within one to two rounds? He thought he was going to get him out of there. But I just didn't see it, and everybody... You know, everybody talking about Kenny Bayless, you know, but Kenny Bayless was trying to help um, Deontay Wilder out. He took a point away from Tyson Fury. If you guys didn't see that, he took a point away from Tyson Fury and he was trying to help Deontay Wilder out. He was trying to give Deontay Wilder the benefit of the doubt because he was saying that Tyson Fury was holding him, but that wasn't the case, man. He was just trying to help Deontay Wilder out because he knows what Deontay Wilder is capable of doing. He's capable of just finding some way to land that right hand and you thought the bat was going to change, but that never happened. But I look at Tyson Fury as one of them heavyweights that, you know, for being so big, he's able to throw punches. He, he's able to put combinations together. And if y'all go back and look, when he fought the likes of Klitschko, then he fell off in the sunset where he was strung out on the drugs, ballooned up to 460 pounds, and then all of a sudden Deontay Wilder broke on the scene, He gave Deontay Wilder props. He said Deontay Wilder is the reason that he got back into boxing. It motivated him to come back into boxing because he said down the line, I'm going to have to see Deontay Wilder. I'm going to have to fight Deontay Wilder. So he was motivated to get back in that gym, to work, to get himself together, to get himself a a potential payday, you know, fighting Deontay Wilder. He got it on the first fight, which me personally, I thought that, Tyson Fury was winning that fight and Deontay Wilder needed to score that knockdown to make it a draw. If he didn't knock Tyson Fury down, that would have never been a draw and Tyson Fury would have took the belts that night. But okay, that's set up for a big payday on yesterday, on Saturday, for the rematch. Everybody was tuned into it. I know I had folks over watching the fight and... It was interesting that the way Deontay Water came out before the, the ring walk, they interviewed him, he said what he was going to do, he looked confident, you saw it in his eyes, but like people say, you don't know what goes on in their training camp leading up to the fight. And he stood by it, he wore it well, where he convinced people that he was going to go out there and knock Tyson Fury out. But then after the fight was stopped, the first thing you said, you had a lot of things going on against you in training camp i don't know what he was alleviating to somebody said he might have had the flu but if you have the flu don't that cause you to drop a few pounds but you go you didn't go south you went north so the thing about it is did he really train for this fight did he really put a training camp together thinking that okay i put this training camp together i go out there and i'm able to execute my game plan i can get him out of there but with conditioning, you're not moving around the ring the way you used to move around the ring. You said you're, you know, you're 6'7, you mobile, agile, and fragile, and you you athletic, but we saw none of that last night. But I'm just glad that Mark Breland saved him, threw the towel in, didn't let his fighter continue, and he gave him a chance to fight another day. Now, this could be the biggest thing that has ever happened to Deontay Wilder. You can look at it one or two ways. Now you're sitting back in the wanes. You go, you get your training, get your health together. I hope nothing is seriously wrong with you, but you get yourself back together. You go in there and train because you're sitting on paydays that are coming because a lot of people say, okay, that's your first loss, but how does he respond after his first loss? Let Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, let them battle it out. And then you know you're going to, you're going to get that shot because there's no other heavyweights that, you know, people want to see. Andy Ruiz, Ruiz, he was a one-hit wonder. He took Joshua out, but you always got to understand something. In the rematches, the skillful boxer always wins. You got to look at it this way because when Ruiz fought Anthony Joshua, he stopped him. But Joshua, he has some boxing skills. The second fight, he just went out and boxed Ruiz and he got his title back. Now, this would be a tailor made fight for Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury to fight. And it would be interesting. And then, Wilder, you set back and you can be the one that gets a chance to redeem yourself. So, like I said, you set back, you wait for your chance because it's going to come. You just need to thank Mark Breland for doing what he did to save you from even being beaten up worse than what you was, you know, getting beat up. You know, I mean, the ear is no joke. And that knocks that equilibrium off. And, you know, you can have likes of that vertigo. And that vertigo, that's a challenging little thing to go through. So I commend Mark Breland for, you know, doing what he did and stopping the fight. And you got to understand something. Fury outlanded Wilder. 82 to 34 in total punches. You know, he out-threw the Bronze Bomber, 267 to 141, according to the CompuBox. You know, Fury landed 30%, while Wilder only landed 24%. You know, Fury landed 58 power punches in less than seven rounds. And Deontay Wilder, you know, he didn't land that much. And Fury only landed 38% of his um, power punches you know, in in the first fight. So, I just thought that, you know, Fury, he approached the fight well. Deontay Wilder had everybody convinced that he was going to come in and knock him out. Even the ring walk, he was serious. You know, dedicated everything to Black History Month. And, you know, you get in the ring. And from opening bell, I just said, man, Tyson Fury just jumped on him. And I saw that Deontay Wilder had no answer. But this is just gonna make it interesting in the heavyweight division now. When you got the likes of Anthony Joshua, still you got Deontay Wilder. Now you got the Gypsy King is 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 the champion. You know, well well deserved. You know, everybody's you know not giving um, Tyson Fury a lot of credit, but you got to tip your cap to Tyson Fury the way he came in, executed his game plan, did what he said he was gonna do, and he got you know the Bronze Bomber out of there. But it was a great event at the MGM um, they put on. Um, but that's why I said in boxing, you know, if you don't have a plan B, when plan A goes out the window, you're in trouble. I mean, it just, Deontay Wilder just, he didn't adjust. I mean, the punches he was throwing, like everybody said, the, the great right hand. It wasn't no power in them punches because – You know, his stability with his legs, man. He was on, he was on Queer Street, man. He was wobbled, man. He was wobbed. Them legs was not underneath of him. But in boxing, if you look, go back and look at Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was one of them guys that he was a knockout artist, but Mike Tyson could box as well. He could bob and weave. He would hit you with, with body shots. You know, one of his patented things was, you know, the, the body shot uppercut, trying to push your nose bone in your brain. And then some clips, when you slow it down, they say, hey, the uppercut comes with a fierce elbow, but Mike Tyson was skillful. But I've always said, if you look at Mike Tyson in his career, if he didn't get guys out of that ring within six or seven rounds and then fighters take him into deep waters, Mike Tyson in trouble because Mike Tyson spends a lot of energy back in the days trying to get his man out of there within the the, the six rounds, but if you go later than six rounds, you take him out in that deep water and you get a chance to drown him. You look when he fought Evander Holyfield. Evander Holyfield withstood, you know, Mike Tyson's entourage, got him in the later rounds and drowned him and, and got him away. Got him away late. Then if you then you look at the second fight where Evander Holyfield picked up from the first fight was. Jumped on Tyson early, knew what, he, knew what he was capable of doing, and, you know, that frustrated Mike, and, you know, Mike bit the ear. You look what he fought Lennox Lewis, the bigger fighter. Mike was early, you know, trying to, you know, throw the combinations, the hooks to the bodies, the uppercut, but when you got a big man smothering you, laying on you, that weighs on you, and it got to a point where you getting them later rounds, and, you know, that weight that that opponent has, and he just laying on you, that that's taking all the steam out of your legs, and, You know, you got to tip your cap to these boxers, man, that go in there and risk their life and and do a lot of things. But like I said, I'm going to keep on saying this. Everybody better go back and just thank Mark Breland for doing what he did and stopping that fight. I know Deontay Wilder wanted to go out on the shield because he said he's a warrior. But I just think that in a situation like this, you're protecting your fighter. You might have saved your fighter's life. You don't know what the damages could have been, you know, if he would let his fighter keep going and he was taking the blows that he was taking they wasn't overwhelming blows they wasn't you know direct target shots it's the fact that once that ear started bleeding and you know that blood dripping on the inside and your equilibrium's off and you're not on stable legs man that's damage man you don't want that to you know damage the brain the hemorrhaging and all that so like I said, I'm going to keep saying that I commend Mark Breland for doing what he's doing. And you got to understand, Mark Breland is a he's a hell of a trainer, man. You know, he comes from that Lou Duva camp, man. He comes from that special Olympic team when you had the likes of Tyrell Biggs, Meldrick Teller, Pernell Whitaker, rest in peace Sweet P, Pea, Evander Holyfield. You had them guys and Mark Breland as himself. And under the tutelage of Lou Duva, man, that's that was a special group. So, Mark Breeland knows the sport of boxing. He participated in the sport of boxing. He boxed. He was a champion. So, he knows. So, he, you know, he did what he saw right for his fighter. There's a lot of trainers that wouldn't have threw that towel in, wouldn't have stopped it. But, Mark Breeland knew what was best, man. That gives your fighter a chance to continue doing what that he loves to do. And that's box to provide, provide for his family and do things. But... Once again, man, that was a that was a that was a great showing by Tyson Fury. You got to tip your cap. And if you look at the the previous fight Tyson Fury had against the the guy that he fought, that was undefeated, man, and that undefeated dude was boxing Tyson Fury. Actually, he cut Tyson Fury up and caused Tyson Fury to get thirty to forty stitches over that right eye. And any other fight, when you're looking at any other fight, the way Tyson Fury went through his last fight with all the blood and stuff like that. The refs normally stop fights like that. The, the ring doctor normally comes on and he stops that fight. But they let Tyson Fury go because Tyson Fury, he was still out there throwing punches. But if they would have stopped that fight, Tyson Fury would have lost. And we probably would have never saw the fight between Tyson Fury, the rematch between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. So the events of last night, you know, if Tyson Fury didn't make it through that last fight, we would have never saw that. But, you know, he continued. He's a warrior, and he got through it. But the fact is, Tyson Fury, he was out there throwing blows when he was bloody on his last fight. That's something Deontay Water was not doing last night. I mean, Tyson Fury just put him in deep waters, and he drowned him. It's unfortunate that, you know, it didn't go the way we wanted it to go. But you got to tip your cap to the Gypsy King. You know, after the fight, he commended Deontay Water for being a warrior. He got a nurse, started singing the American Pie. But... If I'm Deontay Wilder, you know, I wouldn't get down. You know, i just go back to the drawing board. But Deontay Wilder, you got to start learning how to box, man. You can't just rely on that right hand. That right hand is always going to be there. But if you put, you know, a combination of the punches together, some body work, a nice little jab, work behind the jab, throw the left hook, you know, just show ring generalship. But we always have a terminology. Me Me and my buddy DeJuan Hall, we always say when you're that tall, you should never give up your height. Sometimes you can't come in with your, your chin over your over your feet because you're liable to get knocked out. But the thing about Wilder, he pulls away and he just looks unstable when he pulls away. So some of them punches that Fury was hitting him hitting with, he was pulling away that was just grazing him, made it look more than what it was because the way he pulls back and he's off balance. So you just got to get back in the gym. You got to work, but... Like I said, we tip our cap to Tyson Fury. He put on a great showing. He's the champion. You know, he always was the lineal champion, but now he's the world champion, the WBC, you know, champion. You know, but with these heavyweights, man, you know, I want to see Tyson Fury and Anthony Anthony Joshua battle it out, and then, you know, Wilder, you're sitting back in the cut. You'll get your chance. But overall, it was a great showing. Deontay Wilder, you know, he didn't. He went out on his feet because the corner stopped it. Rightfully so, but when you get knocked down by body shots, I go back to the conditioning, man. I don't know what kind of conditioning he did, but everybody knows in the sport of boxing, if you don't have no conditioning, you know, you're doomed. And even though Tyson Fury was 273 pounds, you know, but he was was mobile in there. He was moving around. He did things that, you know, a lot of big men can't do, but his reach, and he puts his punches together, and he stays behind his jab, and... He just throws punches. Deontay Wilder don't throw enough punches. And it's unfortunately when you got skillful guys like that that are capable of doing that and they just don't do it, it's hard for your corner to sit there and say, hey, go out there and do it if you've never been accustomed to doing it. So he's always been accustomed of landing that right hand and getting everybody out of there. But unfortunately, that didn't happen last night. And, you know, he, he got a taste. He got a taste. He, um, he's been humbled right now. You know, sometimes you got to eat that humble pie. You got to eat that crow. And right now, Deontay Wilder's eating that crow because leading up to the fight, the tour, the publicity, you know, everything that they was doing, the press conference, the weigh-in, you know, he had everybody thinking that he was going to go out there and destroy Tyson Fury. But Tyson Fury, he wasn't scared. You know, a lot of, you know, Deontay Wilder puts a lot of fear in people's eyes before the fight even starts. That was something that Mike Tyson did great back in the days. But Mike Tyson would come down there with the towel on, the black socks, he would hurry up and get in there. He didn't need no robe. He didn't need no costumes, walking into the ring. He he went in the ring, he meant business, you know? So Deontay Wilder just, you know, it's unfortunate. It's a setback, but it's always, like you said, it's always a setback for a major come up. So, you know, I want to commend Deontay Wilder for, you know, taking the loss gracefully. But one thing that stood out was the excuse that he made. But then he said, I'm not trying to make no excuse, but he did say, I had a lot of things going against me in training camp. I'm, I'm eager to know what them things was. So somebody said he was battling the flu. You know, somebody said that, you know, the training just wasn't there. I mean, I, I don't think he was motivated. Tyson Fury was motivated. Deontay Wilder thought that he could just go in there and knock Tyson Fury out. You know, but that didn't happen. I guess Deontay Wilder saw something in the last fight okay, if I can hit him with a shot, I know he will go down, but this time he will stay down if I connect, but that didn't happen, but overall, you know, the fight was a success, you know, for Vegas, you know, I think Tyson Fury made about nine million, he said he's going to donate his um, purse to the homeless, I don't know what Deontay Wilder made in that fight, but big paydays are ahead for both of them, and if Tyson Fury puts his belts up against Anthony Joshua to try to be the, you know, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world in 2020. And if he can do that, that would be a great thing. He'll get all the belts. And then there you go, Deontay Wilder. You can rise from the ashes and you can get your chance to become, you know, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. You know, that's something that you wanted. But unfortunately, the path is... A little misguided now, but if Tyson Fury fights Anthony Joshua to become the undisputed heavyweight champion and get them belts, then Deontay Wilder, your dream might come true of getting your chance to be the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. So, don't take this loss as a a major damage to your career. It's just one loss, and I know you'll 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 bounce back. But you gotta tip your cap and you gotta thank Mark Breland for doing what he did and giving you an opportunity to even get back in that ring if you don't have serious damage, you know, to your your eardrum, you know, because like I said, that equilibrium gets off, you're on you're on unstable legs and that's not good for a fighter. So I just want to tip my cap to Deontay Wilder, you know, gracefully lost and you took it in stride, tip your cap to the Gypsy King. But overall, it was a success, and you know that's my take, Simply Ball Dropping's take on that fight. I just wish that we could have had a different outcome, but unfortunately, we didn't. But once again, that'll wrap up another episode of the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, K-Sapp, and the man behind the mic, and we'll catch you on the next one. Deuces. Thanks for listening to the Simply Ball Dropping Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share on all major platforms.